Hello, and welcome to Pastor George's Bible Study. And we will go straight to where we stopped last time. We're looking at the story of the siege. The king of Syria, Ben-Hadad, um, organized against um, Samaria. And we saw how God brought great deliverance through two lepers who decided that they were not, sorry, for, who decided that they were not going to sit down until they died. And we saw how God or how they got up from their sitting position. The question was, the Bible said in verse 3 of 2 Kings chapter 3, so 2 Kings chapter 7, verse 3, the Bible said there were four leprous men at the entrance of the gate, and they said to one another, why are we sitting here until we die? A very serious question that challenges the status quo, that challenges the dryness, the hopelessness, the corruption, the backwardness, and all the terrible things that were going on. That was the question that challenged the status quo. Why are we sitting here until we die? Mm. And the Holy Spirit allowed us last time that, that even for us as Christians, there is a challenge out there. And the question is, we should not sit down until we die. For the lepers, they said, if we enter the city, the famine is in the city. We shall die there. If we sit here, we will die also. Now, therefore, come, let us surrender to the army of the Syrians. If they keep us alive, we shall live. And if they kill us, shall we die? And I remember we were being challenged again that the way the lepers were reasoning and thinking, they reasoned as people who were not afraid of death. And honestly, beloved brethren, we got to a stage in our own um, challenge last time that we too must get to this stage where death is only death. Death is no more than death. It is only death. The way the lepers describe it. And for the Christian, we reminded ourselves that the dying, we have been delivered from death actually. The physical death for the Christian is only a translation into glory. It's only an an entrance into the presence of God where you remain forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. For the Christian, it's not a loss, it's actually a gain. And I remember I mentioned it last time that when you hear people talk that somebody has died. They say, oh, we lost him. For the Christian, you have not actually lost him. You have actually gained him forever. Paul said, to live is Christ, to die is gain. 
it is a great gain that the saint, the Christian, has run this and dies in Christ. It's a great gain. It is not a loss. When somebody dies and goes into eternal perdition, it is a loss. That's why Jesus said, What will it profit a man if he, if he gains the whole world and loses his soul? The loss of his soul is the great loss. Because you cannot attach a price tag on the eternity of a soul. You can't attach a price tag to it. But mostly so, people, George, yeah. you know, they don't want to talk about the death. Mm -hmm. They will try to avoid. Because last Thursday, while I was on my lunch, so uh, my colleague came uh, with, uh, for lunch with me. And then uh, I did ask, are you afraid of dying? And then, you know, the first reaction, why can you ask that? You know, of course, you know, it will be painful. You will lose your loved one and you will leave your children. And I don't want to talk about that. I shit uh, me. But I said, for me, I talk about the death with my children that is natural that everyone will gonna go to that stage. Yes, it will be painful, but and then she asked me, do you believe in life after death? Because for me, she said, after you die, you die. That's it. That's mm. it. And I said, no. I said, I believe that there is God. I believe in what Jesus did for me and for everyone that, you know, there will be life after death. And if you believe in Jesus and then you do what uh, it tells you in his word in the Bible, then obviously you will have eternal life. That's that's a simple belief I have. I say, oh, I don't believe that. You know, that's what I was so But And I don't want to talk about death. That's what she told me. So they avoid that, uh, you know, word death. Oh. It is, you know, the the issue of talking about death is not for talking about death sake. We are, the, the reason why you discuss it is to remind you of where you are going is to help you reflect on your eternity. It's to help you keep eternity in view at all times. When I know that I'm going in an home where there is peace, there's joy in the presence of God forever and ever, you know, I cannot but talk about it. And death is only a passage to that place. It doesn't, you know, there's a, there's a hope beyond the world. When somebody does not have hope, he's scared of talking about where he's going. You know that there is no hope after now. You are not looking forward to the end. So, what God was encouraging us was that the reason why we will not sit down is because what is stopping us from moving forward the fear of death should not be our portion. The Bible said, He has not given us a spirit of fear, but a spirit of love and of a sound mind. The reason for the spirit of a sound mind is so that we can freely serve and follow Jesus. So that we can boldly proclaim the name of Jesus and do 
his will on this side of eternity. That was the reason. So we saw how those lepers got up. And because they got up, there was deliverance. God used their getting up as a springboard or as a path to cause confusion in the uh, camp of the enemy. Those the lepers just getting up, the Bible said in verse is it verse six? The Bible talked about for the Lord in verse five, they rose up at twilight to go to the camp of the Syrians. That was at twilight, and in verse six, for the Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the Lord. Sorry, uh, yes. The Lord had caused the army of the Syrians to hear the noise of the chariots and the noise of horses, the noise of the great army, so that they said to one another, Look, the king of Israel, the king of Israel hired against us, the king of Hittites and the king of Dishans attack us. Therefore, they arose and fled twilight when those lepers got up god in his mercy god in his greatness and infinite wisdom caused the footsteps of the of the lepers to be amplified and they heard it as the sound of an army and do you know the encouragement you know we talked about it last time that when the christian gets up to do god's will when the Christian gets up to obey God, God in his mercy, it's not you that sees it. The Christian doesn't see it. It causes a ripple effect, a chain reaction in the camp of the enemy. Anytime the Christian gets up to do God's will, to obey God, to 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 ensure that the dictates of the kingdom of God are brought to pass in his own generation. God, in his mercy, amplifies those little, little steps. I don't know if you read that scripture. The Bible says, um, um, a thousand shall become a great army. Let me ask mm-hmm. for that scripture. It talks about a one. Yes. It says, a little one shall become a thousand. Let me see. Just bear with me. I think it's somewhere in... Yes. I think it's somewhere in... Uh, is that Isaiah? Isaiah 60. Yes. If you look at Isaiah 60, just bear with me. Let me go there. Isaiah 60. Verse 22. Exactly. Please, can you read it for us, please? Uh, hang on a second. Okay. Isaiah 60. Um... 22 and it says here yes a little one shall become a thousand and a small one a strong nation i the lord will hasten it in its time you see how these little lepers their footsteps became the footsteps of a thousand and 22 and you see how the footsteps of these lepers, as little as they are, 
I don't know how many steps those lepers can take. Because of their condition, they are already handicapped. And those steps they were taking, little, little steps, those slow, was being amplified to the steps of a great animal in the camp of the enemy. And the Bible said they fled. As they got up, there was a change reaction in the camp of the enemy. So what is our, what was the strong lesson? The strong lesson was let us be encouraged. Let us up and not sit down. We're in the last days. We cannot sit here and allow the enemy ravage us in our own little micro community and the influence we have both on family, on friends, on Christians around us, please let's not sit down. Let's get up. And we saw what happened. They got to the camp of the enemy and there was food available. The Bible said they ate and drank. They carried away silver, gold, and clothing and went to eat it. <coughs> and we said last time that following Jesus it's not primarily because you want to eat and drink. Mm. Following Jesus is because you want to, because he gave his life for you. He died for you. And because of that, we have no option but to follow him. But in the midst of following Jesus, there is treasure. There is provision. There is deliverance. There is help. There is comfort. In following Jesus. In Jesus, we are complete. The reason for following Jesus was not so that we can eat and drink. Although, following Jesus, we'll be able to eat and drink. We'll be able to be cared for. God will meet our needs because He's a Father. Seek Him first, the kingdom of God, and His righteousness, and every other thing shall be added. So, we saw there that the lepers were catered for. And we remember. They also came to, you know, I just like the way the lepers were thinking. Even as Christians, we should adopt this way of thinking. Look at what they said in verse 9. They said, we are not doing right. This day is a day of good news. And we remain silent. If we wait until morning light, some punishment will come upon us. And I remember we challenged ourselves again that even us as Christians, we should think like this. We have gotten the good news. We must not be silent about it. If we wait, Jesus comes. Some punishment, if we don't tell people about the gospel and we keep quiet, some punishment will come upon us. And we are challenged. In any opportunity we have, Let's declare the gospel. Even when it's inconvenient, even when it looks as if the occasion doesn't warrant it, please, let's sow the gospel. We can only sow the good news and allow God to watch over that plant, that seed, to bring forth fruit from it. 
And look at these lepers, they went. Lepers that were not allowed to enter the city because they were lepers, but they carried the good news. Their good news gave them access to the gatekeepers. They wouldn't allow them to enter the city. In fact, let me tell you, the lepers had stayed outside the city. <laughs> because they know where deliverance is. Amen. Even if the people at the gate did not listen to them, they were going to go back to the camp of the enemy. They were going to go back to the food and the abundance. They were going to go back. So, they didn't care about the city. <laughs> they knew if you enter the city, there's no food there, so why should we go? <laughs> eh? They were not interested in entering the city. Because there was no deliverance in the city. They only brought good news. Why do we think that people in the world are enjoying? Eh? Why do we think that because they are they are free and there is no restrictions on their life, they are having a good time? Sorry, that's not true. They are famished spiritually. They need help. And it is our job, our responsibility to bring them the good news. And we were praying last time that God will keep introducing us to gatekeepers. People who can sound the alarm. We tell them the good news. They too can go and sound the alarm to the king's household and say there is, there is food in Christ. There is salvation and deliverance in Christ. We must not relent on doing this. Now, that's where we stopped. Now, we read from verse 10. I'll read from verse 10 and take it down. And we'll stop at some stage. So let me just read from verse 10. So, they went and called to the gatekeepers of the city. We went to the Syrian camp. And surprisingly, no one was there. Not a human sound. Only horses and horses. Because uh, that's that's what I'm saying. Because the gatekeepers were officially the elders of the actual community. So in, in ancient cultures, that's that's where all the elders and all the leaders would normally hang out. Is is in the gates. Okay. Thanks, Don. So from verse ten, let me continue. Really. So they went and called us of the city and told them, saying, "We went to the Sinai camp, and." Surprisingly, no one was there. Not a human sound. Only horses and donkeys tied. And the tents intact. And the gatekeepers called out and they told it to the king's household inside. So the king arose in the night and said to his servants, Let me tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know we are hungry. For they have gone out of the camp to hide themselves in the field, saying, When they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. And one of his servants answered him and said, Please let several men take five of the remaining horses which are left in the city. Look, they may either become like all the multitude of Israel that are left in it, or indeed I say, they may become like all the multitude of Israel from those who are consumed. So, let us send them and see. 
in, in Gaffo, they took two chariots with horses. And the king sent them in the direction of the Syrian army, saying, Go and see. And they went after them to the Jordan. And indeed, all the road was full of garments and weapons, which the Syrians had thrown, down, thrown away in their haste. So the messengers returned and told the king, then the people went out and plundered the tents of the Syrians. So a seer of fine flour was sold for a shekel, and two seers of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. Amen. Let, let, me, let me just read it down to the end. Now the king had appointed the officer on whose hand he leaned to have charge of the gate. But the people trampled him in the gate and he died, just as the man of God, man of God has said, who spoke when the count to him. So it happened, just as the man of God has spoken to the king, saying, Two seers of barley for a shekel and a seer of fine flour for a shekel shall be sold tomorrow, about this time, in the gate of Samaria. Then that officer had answered the man of God. I said, now look, if the Lord were to make, would make windows in heaven, would such a thing be? And he has, and he had said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. Spoke to him, for the people trampled him in the gate, and he died. A very mixed story, but joyous but at the same time tragic so we see there that the lepers brought good news now look at what the king has now said do you remember the last time we heard the king in in chapter 6 the last time we heard the king the king had already commissioned an executioner to take off the head of Elijah. That was the last we heard of the king. When good news of deliverance came, remember, the Bible did not mention to us whether the king repented of this is evil calamity, this is evil intention. The Bible did not mention. So when good news came, see how the king treated the good news. Of course, his heart was already devoid of faith. A, the king that was waiting on God before, who told that woman, if the Lord does not help you, from where can I get help? But he got frustrated. The Bible said, he, he said, why should I wait for God any longer? And I remember when we talked about this scripture, we told ourselves and reminded ourselves that anytime you stop waiting for God, you are opening the door to committing sin. And the king was about to do it. Was about to commit murder. So, when good news came, look at what happened. The Bible said, in the night, the king, which verse is it? Yes, verse 12. So the king arose in the night, and said to his servants, 
Let me tell you what the Syrians have done to us. They know that we are hungry, therefore, come out of the camp to hide themselves in the field. Saying, when they come out of the city, we shall catch them alive and get into the city. Do you see how the king was thinking? Beloved brethren, this is what fear does. The opposite of faith is fear. When you don't have faith, you will have fear. When you refuse to acknowledge God in faith, your heart will be overrun by fear. And fear and lies, they work together. Fear and lies, they work hand in hand. Lies produces fear. And fear produces lies. Anywhere you see fear, lies have their own room. They have their own support. They have their own anchor. When you have lies, excuse me, lies have their own support in fear. They work hand in hand. They are like supporting casts for each other. And there is fear. Lies is like the is like the legs of fear. And anywhere you see fear or anytime you see lies lying down, fear helps to prop up the lies. And that was what was happening in the king's heart. The seniors are going to hide in the bush. It's a trick to go and capture the city. Excuse me. Were they not already captured in the city? There was hunger. There was devastation. There was cannibalism going on in the city. Were they not already captured without the enemy physically capturing them? They were already under fear. They were already in bondage. But what deliverance? When brought God brought good news, it was it, it was just the mercy of God. If it was left to the king, we are not going to go and check this place out. And the Bible said, one of his servants answered. Please let several men take of the remaining horses we are left in the city. They may either become like the multitude of Israel that is left, or they may become of all the multitude of Israel left from those who are consumed. So let them send. Let us send them and see. We love brethren. That message, let them send them and see. It's like, come and see. Go and see. If this good news is true. Do you remember? 
when um, the disciples of Jesus were introducing them Jesus, not introducing them, they were trying to introduce each other, convince each other to go and follow Jesus. Do you remember? They, they carry on call to each of them. Andrew found his brother. Do you remember? The Bible said, Andrew found his brother, yes. Simon, and said, we have found the Messiah. Hmm? We have found the Messiah. Come and see. Philip found Nathaniel sitting under a tree. And he told him, we have found Christ. Jesus Christ of Nazareth. He said, can anything good come out of that place? Philip told him, come and see. You see, the, the issue, the problem of salvation, not the problem of salvation, the problem that people have in believing the gospel is because they have not come to see. They refuse to come and see. If those servants kept quiet and allowed the king to have, that was how people will perish in hunger in the city. It was only the, uh, the, only the lepers, those four lepers, that will enjoy the food. <laughs> if they were going to listen to a king whose heart has been weighed down by fear, and beloved brethren, let's be encouraged deep in our hearts. Me and you know Jesus, you have come to see what is in Jesus. Let us be strong in our conviction when we invite people and say, Come and see. Let's not be dissuaded in that conviction at all. You know, for the lepers, there was no question about it. If they heard the king's argument that, Oh, it's a lie. The, the Syrians just want to trick us so that we can come out and they will take over the city. You can't let us hearing that and say, what are you people saying? It doesn't make sense. We have been here eating and drinking. They are left. They fled. There is nobody in the camp except horses. The horses are even enjoying themselves because they don't have work to do. They are feeding fat, eating. <laughs> horses are enjoying themselves. And you are sitting they are in the bush. Come and see. Those servants, it was as if God was speaking to them very directly. Come and see. Don't, we are not going to sit down here. If we sit down here, we will just all die together. We need to go and check out this good news. Beloved brethren, as God helps you, as God en helps you to engage in conversation, as you remember, Christmas is coming. Another opportunity we can lay hold of to talk to people about salvation. Conversations come up again and again. Do you celebrate Christmas? Excuse me, what do you mean by celebrate? And then we start off a conversation. 
I said, I I don't understand what you mean by celebrate Christmas. What is Christmas to you, by the way? Oh, it's a holiday time, eating and drinking. Then you have missed the point. <laughs> Let's talk the real thing, the real Christmas. Mm-hmm. And then you talk about the gospel. And telling people the reason why Jesus is born. You see, God has given us this opportunity at a time of the year like this to freely engage people in the message of the gospel. Mm. Let's be strongly persuaded about it. Mm. Let's be strong by the grace of God and by the word of God on your heart that you can by by the grace of God tell us mm. come and see that the Lord Jesus is good. Let him realize that he has come to take away your sins. Mm. You know, and thank God for the servants. And I'm praying that God will give, we help our faith, beloved brethren. That the word of God will mix with faith in your heart and my heart. And that when we when we challenge people with the gospel, you are doing it because you have you are persuaded the power of God unto salvation. I don't know if you remember in Numbers chapter 13, I don't know if you remember when Moses sent out some 12 spies to go and check out the land they were going to take over in Numbers 13 let's go to Numbers 13 just to draw some lessons you see, the reason why we are drawing some lessons from this is because beloved brethren, we need faith Assurance, that divine assurance of the hope in Jesus. We need it. Thank you very much, Nika. Nika has reminded us of Psalm 34. Please, can we go there quickly before we go to Numbers? Psalm 34, verse 8. Let's read it together. Psalm 34, verse 8. It says, Oh, this, and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who trusts in him. Mm. Oh, fear the Lord. Let me verse 9. Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints. No wants to those who fear him. Hallelujah. May God grant us faith. Mm. That the faith we have in Jesus is not just the faith of the mouth. It's going to be faith that is already grounded in the heart. So we saw Moses sent those spies in Numbers chapter 13. And when they came back, they brought a report. Look at the report. When they came back, the Bible said in verse 26, so Numbers 13 verse 26, the Bible said, now they departed and came back to Moses and Aaron, Aaron and to all the congregation of the children of Israel in the wilderness of Haran at Kadesh. They brought back word to them and to all the congregation and showed them the fruit of the land. Then they told him and said, we went to the land where you sent us. It truly flows with milk and honey. And this is its fruit. Nevertheless, the people who dwell in the land are strong. 
The cities are fortified and very large. Moreover, we saw the descendants of Anak there. The Amalekites dwell in the land of the south. The Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites dwell in the mountains. The Canaanites dwell by the sea and along the banks of the Jordan. So they were bringing the report about the land had good fruits, they brought grapes. Nevertheless, in summary, they were saying the parasites are all over the land. <laughs> all the parasites, the Amalekites, the Hittites, the Jebusites, the Amorites, Canaanites, the Canaanites, the parasites, they are all located around. Mm -hmm. But the Bible said, then Caleb quiet, quieted the people before Moses and said, Let us go up at once and take possession, for we are well able to overcome it. But the men who had gone up with him said, We are not able to go up against the people. For they are stronger than we. Why did they say that, please? Look at what they said. And they gave the children of Israel a bad report of which they had spied out, saying, The land through which we have gone as spies is a land that divorces its inhabitants. And all the people we saw in it are men of great stature. Sure. There we saw the giants. The descendants of Anak from the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. Take note. We are like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so we in their sight. Do you see the problem? The children of Israel saw themselves as grasshoppers before their own very eyes. Mm -hmm. And when they saw themselves as grasshoppers, mm -hmm. as they look at the giants, they also saw in the sight of the giants that, ah, we also are grasshoppers. Do you remember the scripture we read in Psalm 60? The Bible said, a little one shall be a thousand. Mm -hmm. And a small one, a strong nation, I, the Lord, will hasten it in his time. It was as if Caleb was seeing this scripture and said, let us go at once. The Lord is going to hasten it. Let us go. The Lord is with us. Let us go. Caleb was in a minority. Caleb had faith. He didn't have fear. Mm. Caleb was holding and how does faith come please faith comes by hearing the word of God uh, yeah. do you see the king refused the word of God when he came how did he have faith it was as if those servants some of them must have heard the word of God and said ah, did he not say a seer of flower will become one shekel Come, let's go and see if this thing will happen. We will not lose anything by going to see. 
after all, our situation is bad enough. If we remain here, we will just die. So we saw here that though the majority of the spies brought bad reports, Caleb stood on God's word, stood on God's promises, and faith arose in his heart. And he was able to tell the people and say, let us go up at once. Beloved brethren, can we too have faith in the Jesus we have been following? And arise and by under God during this Christmas period be encouraged and challenged to bring the gospel to people as they talk about Christmas. When they are talking about what you will do in Christmas, bringing the gospel, sow the seed of the gospel in their hearts. Oh, are you not the Christmas person? <laughs> you know, those questions will come. Use that opportunity. About Jesus, so the eternal seed of salvation in those hearts, and thank God, in that story we read in Second Kings, it was obvious. The Bible said the king listened. You know, they sent out those those horses and the men, and look at it. Oh, it's wonderful. Like I told you, anytime we get up to obey God, we start seeing the victory over the enemy. Look at it. As they got up in verse 14, therefore they took two chariots with horses, and the king sent them in the direction of the Simeon army, saying, O and see. Hallelujah. Thank God. The king was now convinced and persuaded. Do you see why it doesn't matter your position? It doesn't matter your your status in society. All God is asking, all you need by God's grace is a voice and influence. Look at how these servants influence the king. Mr. King, don't stay here. You are already in a bad situation. We too cannot sit here until we die. Let us go and see. So the king said, Okay, it's actually foolish for me to just sit down here and be relying on one hypothesis that might not be true, born out of fear. Let us go and see. So they went in verse 15. And they went after them to the Jordan. And indeed, all the road was full of garments and weapons which the Syrians are thrown away in their haste. Wonderful. As they went out, they began to see, they began to see that the enemy had already been defeated long ago. And we were sitting down, eating human beings. All because they sat down until they died. They were going to die. Can God help us? Let us not think. I know it's terrible. I know the signs of the end time all over the place. I know ungodliness is all over the place. But God wants us to arise and preach the gospel. God wants us not to sit down. God wants us to arise. 
as we arise in obedience, God in his mercy will start showing us the victory. Look at they are not even seeing the enemy, they are already sizing their weapons on the floor. They are clothes, they run away. Lives. What a deliverance. And it's just see, they ran and they, they saw that the Syrians had thrown away the, their weapons in a haste. Ah! So the messengers returned and told the king. Do you see? They came and told the king, though, they did not announce to the people. They went and told the king, verse 16. Then the people went out. Huh. You see, I'm praying that God will give grace. The Bible said, the people went out and plundered the tents of sinners. Beloved brethren, can God give us this kind of victory? Can we pray and say, Lord, help us to plunder the camp of the enemy for your kingdom? Lord, in mercy, we are tired of this siege. We are tired of this famine. Lord, give us grace to plunder so kingdom. Look at it. The people went out. They only needed those messengers when they brought back the good news. And thank God for them. I'm praying that we too will be bearers of this good news. We will be encouragers of people who will go out and go and preach the gospel as well. That we will not relent. That we will be encouraged and challenged. That no matter what is going on now, we will not be silent about the gospel. We will not be silent about this good news. The Bible said the people went out and plundered the tents of the students. So, a seer of flour was sold for a shekel. Because the people plundered, they did not, they did not, you see, when you want to deal with the enemy, you don't go and tap him on the head and say you should sit down somewhere. You deal with him with a great blow. You plunder the enemy. The people were not going to sit down and say, well, Let's just carry a few things and leave the rest for them. That was why flour became very cheap. They plundered it. They packed everything. They packed food. They packed meat. And the same thing applies to us, beloved brethren. God wants us not to spare any soul. And I say, well, you know, they are small, they don't understand anything. Leave them alone. By the grace of God, as God will help you and me. When you have opportunity to talk to children, share the gospel. When you have opportunity to relate with people, don't give them excuse. Don't say, well, you know, it might be that they don't understand. Who told you? Plunder the camp of the enemy. Bring souls to the saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus, whoever they are, whatever their status. Don't look at their face. Don't say, well, you know, he's a posh man. 
or a posh woman. So because they are posh, maybe they won't understand. Who told you? Poshness. The gospel does not respect poshness. Whether you are posh or ordinary, you still need the gospel. The plan about the enemy, food became cheap. Can God give us this grace? Can God give us this ability and this opportunity to also go out as well? Christmas is coming, like I said. We have opportunity to visit relations or relations will visit us. Family friends will come round. Family that we've not seen for a while, they will come round. Please, don't spare them. The Bible said they plundered the pencils. We too should arise by the grace of God on our hearts. We need to arise and plunder the camp of the enemy. So the Bible said his seer of flour was sold for a shekel, and two seers of barley for a shekel, according to the word of the Lord. According to the word of the Lord, beloved, I don't know if you are also watching to ensure that the word of the Lord comes to pass in your generation, in my generation. Look at it. If the Bible says, a little one shall become a thousand, and a small one is strong nation, are you not also praying for yourself? Lord, can this your word become true in my life? Can I be the little one that will become a thousand? Yes, Lord, in your eyes and in your sight, I'm ordinary, I'm small. Oh, Lord, let me be able to do great things for you by your grace. Let me be able to make a lot of people for your kingdom. Let what you are doing in my life spread and affect much more people that I'm affecting now. This little word of God that has come to my hand, Lord, can you multiply it so that it can feed thousands? The young lad that had five loaves of bread and two fish, was it, was it, was it, maybe the, was this, he said, Lord, this lunch of mine, I know it is small, can you make it three thousands? Can God give us this testimony whereby his word is coming to pass because of you, because of me? We are not standing in the way to stop the word of God from coming to pass. Can God help us and grant us this kind of testimony? I read in Isaiah, the Bible talks about the word of God, even if it means God sending a man from the east, if a, a man from a, from the far east to bring his word to pass. Let me look for that scripture for you. Bear with me, please. Um. 
I thought it was in the Isaiah and he just bear with me. The Bible talks about his cancer. Sorry. Yes, Isaiah 46. Isaiah 46, look at it from verse. I'll read from verse 8. This is God talking. It says, Remember this and show yourselves, men. Recall to mind, all you transgressors, remember the former things of old. Verse 9. For <laughs> so I am God, and there is no other. I am the I am God, and there is none like me. Declaring the end from the beginning. And from ancient times, things that are not yet done. Saying, my counsel shall stand. I will do all my pleasure. Verse 11. Bed of prey from the east, the man who executes my counsel from a far country. Indeed, I have spoken it, I will also bring it to pass. I have proposed it, I will also do it. Beloved brethren, I'm only saying, Can God find me a man who will execute his counsel? Mm. Even if I'm in a far country, even if I am not in the immediate environment, that God can find me in, can make me that man that can execute his. Look at it. In verse 11, it said, calling a bird of prey from the east. God can also call birds. To bring his counsel to pass. But beloved, he also wants to call you, he wants to call me. He said, A man who executes his counsel from a far country. Look, God, mobilize lepers. Lepers who ordinarily would not be in the program of things. Look at how God mobilized lepers. To bring his counsel to pass. Look at how God mobilized those servants. They were ordinary servants in the king's household. If you ask them the last time they ate bread, it was a long time ago. But God mobilized their hearts to speak wisdom. And they told the king, Let us go and see. This is your hypothesis. That the Syrians are hiding the bush, they want to capture us, all that. I can't see it anywhere. Can God help us that will be like those who will execute his counsel? That's the prayer. Can the Holy Spirit help my heart, help your heart? That we will be like those who will truly. 
can be who can truly be mobilized by God to bring his will, his counsel, his word, his mind to pass. I pray God will help us. God in mercy found people who mobilize he could mobilize. God in mercy found those people, those servants, those lepers. Eventually, God used the servants to bring the king on side. And that also encourages me that my hope can also be used to bring other Christians on side to bring the counsel of God to pass. If I can stay true and faithful to God, God in his mercy can mobilize people because of your obedience, because of my obedience. Obedience gives back to obedience. That's the encouragement I see there. Those servants to be used to bring the counsel of God to pass. And the king had to sub, had to respond to them. Can God also help us? That's as we arise to obey him in our own individual lives. Our obedience will challenge others unto obedience as well. That's what was happening there. I pray the Holy Spirit will help me and you. That will not listen to these instructions and, and ignore them. Let's be proactive in asking God to help us so that we can be instruments, vessels that can bring his counsel to pass. And remember, as you bring his counsel to pass, as you obey God, your obedience will inspire obedience in others as well. May God help us. So, we will stop here. And we will just pray on those points. The points we have raised through the study. The last one being, can God inspire my obedience to inspire another person's obedience? And we saw how those lepers responded to God's dream. They were not afraid of death. Beloved brethren, I know it's hard to say, but can God help your heart, help my heart, so that we can truly be faithful, full of faith, no fear. That will be God. I'm discovering again and again, beloved, you need courage in these days to be God. You need courage. God told Joshua, only be strong and courageous so that you may observe to do all that is written in the law. You need courage, you need boldness to stand true to the, to the word of God. But this is our generation. The Bible says many are being deceived and the many are deceiving many. So you need to be you need to be faithful. You will definitely be in the minority if you want to obey God. Yes. But let God help us. Let's be faithful to Him. Like these lepers, they didn't care. 
that issue was let us go and tell the king's household even if they will reject us our our own issue is we need to tell somebody we cannot sit down here and be silent help you not to be silent remember no um jonah jonah wanted to be silent eh? you saw how he wanted to be silent he was traveling the opposite direction god had mercy on him in the in the in the in the ship that was being pushed left right and center he was trying to be silent the other uh, passengers were throwing their their things into the sea so that the, the ship can be lighter so that they won't drink outside he was silent <laughs> he was keeping quiet they had to ask him what means that oh sleeper mr jonah why are you sleeping like this you are sleeping the sleep of death can't you pray unto your god he was keeping silent he was keeping silent and it was the cause of their trouble they were throwing their boxes into the sea they were throwing their their their, their clothes into the sea until they threw jonah into the sea <laughs> there was no calm the man was keeping silent he had to tell them that he was a prophet of god and god sent him and he was disobeying Do you see? Jonah kept silent. And excuse me, don't get to the point until when you are in the belly of the fish. Eh? Don't get to the point when you are in the belly of hell that you now want to open your mouth to talk. If you look at Jonah, uh, the book of Jonah, he said he got, he was in the belly of the fish and he said he was in the belly of hell. Inside the belly of the fish yet. He was not going to keep silent. And God in mercy brought him to the shore. Eh? And by the time he got out of the belly of the fish, he got up and went straight to Nineveh without wasting time. He was not going to be silent again. Let us not get to the point of desperation before we obey God. That's the prayer point. So we we'll stop here. I trust that the Holy Spirit will help us and encourage our encourage our hearts as we move forward in deliberate obedience to these things we've said. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord for His Word. So. Right, actually we are packed in one room, Ramos, Salido, plus Annie, because we are in Stephen Aids. I'm sure, George, you've been here uh, before, isn't it? To Jerry and Mao. Yes, yes. So, yeah, the party is ongoing, but we are packed here in one room, so unfortunately... Come and join Pastor George's Bible Study at 8 p.m. 